This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Drought, global warming, destruction of the ionosphere, famine, deforestation, rising sea levels. We've all heard the reports, the studies, and more about how our planet's very being is threatened. Now, a veteran journalist has brought them together in a new book written for the layman. He's Burl Falbaugh, and Code Red, Code Red is his 12th book, and perhaps the most worrisome. Burl Falbaugh joins us for this Biz News Interview podcast. Burl, let's set the uh, table for our listeners and our viewers, if you would, by telling them a little bit about yourself and your professional background. Thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to be with you. Uh, very quickly, uh, I was started out as a political reporter for Detroit News uh, after being an office boy there, and then I went into the governor's office as the aide to the lieutenant governor, did some work in corporate PR, started my own PR company, and this, is, this book we're going to discuss today is my 12th book, and I also taught journalism as an adjunct for 45 years at Wayne State. Your 12th book, why did you pick this topic for it? Well, I was a passion, I am a very passionate environmentalist, and I read over the years uh, about the environment. The more I read, the more disturbed and horrified I became, partly because I didn't think that the, all the subjects were being covered, and I don't think the public understands fully of the, all the risks we face. Uh, most of the attention is devoted to climate change, which is important, of course, uh, and global warming. But there are so many other dangers that the planet uh, faces. And I was concerned that those weren't getting any attention at all. Code Red, Code Red, which is part of the title of the book, comes from the United Nations Secretary General, uh, Ant- Antonio Guterres, who used the phrase code red for humanity after you read the latest report on the climate, on the uh, environment. So I became concerned. I'm not a scholar. I'm a journalist and author, but I wanted to do a book for lay people from a layman. And what I did is I took roughly a little more than 10 topics and purposely did it very briefly each topic. So hopefully that lay people will read it from coral reefs to clean water, rising seas, climate refugees. So that's what I did. The book is just over a little over 100 pages. Again, by design, I could have easily written a book of a 1,000 pages or more. But I wanted to make it you know, accessible to lay people who would be interested in this but don't not necessarily need the science. So that outline very quickly is why I did this book. As you sit there in, in Michigan in early summer 2022, what do you see as the most critical of all the topics you covered? Well, it's hard to uh, categorize them, but obviously cli- uh, uh, global warming and climate change are probably at the top of the list. Uh, for obvious reasons, we're now experiencing you know, tremendous consequences of having increased the temperature roughly from a little over one degree Celsius uh, from pre-industrial levels. And the, and the projections are that we'll hit 
1.5 by 2050, and many scientists believe it'll go beyond that. So that's probably, if we had to categorize them, the most serious one. But there are so many other dangers from rising seas, uh, plastics, and we'll get into that as we discuss the book. But if I had to categorize, that's probably number one. One of the things that's, I hate to say, surfacing, no pun intended, <laughs> is the problem of pollution of by plastics of most of our waterways. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. As we speak, one ton of garbage and plastic is uh, dumped into the ocean every four seconds. Think of that. Every four seconds. And the oceans are being contaminated. Projections are that by 2050, we will have more plastic than fish in the oceans. Now, that's measured in pounds. But nevertheless, think of that. More plastic and pounds and fish. And I was, this struck me once, I read a profile of an explorer scientist who was developing a submarine to go to the lowest depths of the ocean where nobody's ever gone before. And he succeeded. He had, and it was fascinated me, it had nothing to do with the environment, but suddenly as I read the profile, he mentioned that when he hit 36,000 feet deep where nobody's ever gone, what did he see? Plastics if you can believe that. And he found plastic bags and worse, worse because it can't be collected, are what's called microplastics, which are five millimeters small. And if the whole, the surface and, and at that level was all covered with microplastics. So microplastics are dangerous. And since I'm Michigan, Michigan, since I live in Michigan, we are all very jealous of our water, the Great Lakes, and they are getting 22 million tons of plastic garbage every year of Great Lakes, of which 11 million go into Lake Michigan, half of that. So plastics are a huge, huge, huge problem. And uh, every time I go, I shop with my wife, I look down the aisle and say, how are we going to solve it? Any aisle you go down, 90% of the items have some plastic in them. So, as you're right, it's a huge, 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 huge issue. Plastics, a huge problem. Global warming, a huge problem, even hard to comprehend. Uh, do you offer ideas to solve these problems in your book? At the, as a layman, yes. At the end of the book, after I discuss this and I have a conclusion, I said, what can we do? I'm not optimistic that we are able to do even as a layman what I would propose. Uh, there isn't the political will, nor is there the finance. It would take trillions and trillions of dollars to solve uh, problems like the plastics, the coral reefs are dying, et cetera. But the two things that I suggest which could work, which I don't think will happen, is one, population control. We are now presently at 7.9 billion people as we speak. The projections are that we'll hit 9.1 billion by 2050, and we'll need more energy, more water, more food, more shelter, et cetera. How are we going to serve you know, 11 billion people? Edward Wilson, who has passed away, who was a Pulitzer Prize winner, in his book said, the earth cannot support 11 billion people. He suggested, by the way, and he's an expert, that devoting half the planet 
to the uh, uh, wildlife king kingdom. Well, it's not going to happen. I can't, can't see us giving half the planet to the wildlife, but we should. But if we were to institute a population control program, a meaningful one, I think that would help. The reason I mention that is everyone is talking about reducing the risks. Let's reduce CO2 emissions. Let's reduce this. Let's reduce. But reducing doesn't help. If I pour water into a glass at one inch an hour and then reduce it to half an inch, the glass is still going to fill up. It's still ultimately going to fill up. So reduction is not the problem. Elimination is. So one aspect is population control. The second one that, as again, I want to stress, I'm a layperson regarding CO2. There's one program called direct action capture to take CO2 out of the atmosphere. It doesn't reduce it. It takes it out of it and it buries it in the ground. And scientists maintain that it turns into stone. Well, if all that is true, that to me makes sense. Reduction, I don't think solves a problem, but elimination does. So on those two issues, you know, the global warming and the CO2, of course, we have other gases too, which cause huge problems. Uh, if I may, methane gas, which 14% of the emissions which cause global warming. And that comes from cattle primarily. And we're not gonna do away with eating meat in this country or in the world. So the two that I suggest, which doesn't solve all of the problems, but might make a difference. Again, I couch it saying I'm a layman, is population control and a massive direct action capture of CO2, which by the way, at the present time is very, very expensive, up to $1,000 a, a pound. And I'm not sure we have the finances to do that. As you were researching your book, what uh, surprised you the most of things that you found out? Well, actually, the depth of it, I guess, surprised me. I knew we had problems on all these areas, but I didn't know how serious it was. Uh, I knew we had problems with the rising seas. You know, you see stories all the time. There are 22 million climate, what we call now call climate refugees as we speak, and that number is supposed to be around 1 billion by 2050. So the surprise uh, to respond to your question was not the problem itself, but the depth of all these problems. We have dead areas now in oceans where fish can't survive. I didn't know that, you know, I mean, many of them. The garbage patches are forming on the oceans were much greater than I thought. There's one in the Pacific called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is the size, get this, of twice the size of Texas. So what Again, I wasn't surprised by the problems, but the depth of them, and in my view, we have the inability to per perhaps attack them as we should. Is this uh, a, a book that will herald further books by yourself on the same type of topic? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 83 years old and three quarters. <laughs> and uh, when you do a book, you have to commit two or three years of your life to it. And at this age, uh, I'm not sure I want to. If, I, if something comes along that really uh, you know, interests me and attracts me, I may do another book. But it's, uh, I may, uh, this, I, the environment uh, was very important to me. 
and uh, that one I took up. And it didn't take as long because I didn't do the research. I reported the research, which is a lot easier. You know, I looked at all the reports and digested them and reduced them to the size I wanted. So I didn't have to do the original research. So if something comes along, if you have an idea, pass along to me. <laughs> Did you ever think when you were uh, pounding a beat for the Detroit News that you would end up writing a book about what could be the end of the world? No, no. I, as a matter of fact, when I first started, I never thought I'd do a book. And the first book I did, which since you were with the Associated Press, and you remember, remember a hangout that we had for journalists and politicians called the Anchor Bar, which was on uh, near the Detroit News and the AP, which you worked for. And my first book was to, to, to save the wonderful, colorful stories of the bar. But no, I never thought I'd do a book on the environment. I never thought I'd do the other books either, but I enjoyed it. And, and you know, you don't, I, if there are any potential authors out there, you don't do it for the money. People think 12 books, I've done a lot, a lot of uh, royalties. And I once said I can buy a Dairy Queen with them. And my wife said, that's only if we have a coupon. So, <laughs> so, so uh, I'll see if another subject comes by. What would you like to add, uh, Burl, that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Uh, I'd like to, uh, the only thing I'd like to add is, I guess, if people listening and start to take an interest in this, and I think that if we can get the public pressure, and I use it in the best sense of the word, for our leaders and the environmental leaders, our politicians, to start to respond meaningful, res uh, meaningfully to the crisis we face, then perhaps uh, I've achieved a little bit of what I try to do. I'd love to get the public, not just me, but the others who've done much more comprehensive books, getting into the science, et cetera, which I did not do. I'd love to see a groundswell, if you will, around the world of people recognizing how important this is and put enough pressure, and I use it again in, in, in a well-meaning term, on our leaders to start to address this issue as it should be. Burl, tell our listeners and viewers again the name of your book. It's uh, Red, Code Red, Code Red, How Destruction of the Environment Poses Lethal, lethal Threats to Life on Earth. And do you have a website or some way for people to get more information? Well, I don't have a website, but the book is available in two places, the ebook and soft cover is on Amazon.com, and you can also order the book by sending an email with a mailing address to climatebook at yahoo.com. Climatebook at yahoo.com. Those are the two places. We're thinking about putting up a website, but right now, uh, not yet. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.